This is Secret Place Berlin, where we explore the sometimes hidden and not so well-known histories about Berlin, Germany. I'm your host, Lacey Berry, and today we'll explore one of the few remaining GDR watchtowers from the Cold War era and ask the current guardians what it's used for now. Episode 5. Berlin Art Week 2020 revealed itself this year, but under COVID-19 restrictions, only a select group of locations became open, mostly with time-slotted appointments. Berlin's The Watch was one of them, a GDR watchtower formerly positioned with the Berlin Wall. Until the fall of the Berlin Wall in 1989, the tower was left empty until it was discovered and inhabited by local artists. Located in Alt-Trap-Tower at Schlesisches Buch Park, I pass this location often on my way to swim, dance, or walk in Trap-Tower Park, but I had little to no idea what it was until visiting this past September with a fellow studio artist, Allison. Arriving a little early for our appointment, we marveled at the raw concrete of the building, operating ventilation system, and searchlight reinstalled by a resident artist, and spoke extensively with that day's tower guardians. Initially erected in the time of the Iron Curtain, a non-physical boundary dividing Europe into two separate areas from the end of World War II in 1945 until the end of the Cold War in 1991, Berlin was caught in the crossfire of this battle between East and West, which continued after World War II when it was occupied by the Soviets and then broken up into two portions, the East inhabited by the USSR and the West divided up by French, Italian, and American sectors. In response and to establish separation, the East built a border wall that further restricted inhabitants from both sides from crossing over, separating families, friends, and properties. After the wall's commencement in 1953, it took on several enhancements making escape more dangerous and impossible. In the wall's final stage of completion, several concrete watchtowers were added within eyeshot. Several styles of towers were developed. More predominantly left over was one like an enclosed concrete glass and metal nest perched on a long cylinder. Among other variations were the B-towers, a square tower sometimes consisting many meters tall, with an observation deck on top. The B-tower style where we are talking about in this episode is called the Führungsstelle, or the BT 4x4. It is the widest of the B-tower styles, standing at approximately 4 by 4 meters in width, hence its name, and containing three levels, sometimes with compartments for sleeping, storeroom, and an observation platform. Today, only 1% of these towers still exist, one of them being the watch. When it was our turn to enter the concrete structure, we were shown footage of a German news story from the 1990s covering the early establishing of the watch to the tune of All Along the Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix. Then we proceeded to the second floor, a windowless room that once held the bunk beds of four on-duty guards and their artillery, now emptied, exhibiting a single television with video art 
by an artist in residence. And finally, the third floor, a room with 360-degree windows used for monitoring trespassers on the former Death Strip. A name as intimidating as it sounds, a several-meter-wide space before the wall, barricades, barbed wire, ferocious dogs, and raked with gravel for identifying those mainly trying to escape the former enclosed East Berlin. Taking on a new era and a much less aggressive exterior, the third floor of the tower is now clad with a cushy platform and curated books one can enjoy in the imposing sunlight spilling in from all sides. Each floor is connected by a steep metal stair and rail one should take care not to bump their head on. As Allison envisioned her vulgarist artworks taking shape in this environment, I was only too excited to press more about the building and its establishment after surviving reunification when so many other watchtowers were demolished after 1990. I could tell you more about it, but instead, I think I'll let two guardians from the watch explain it themselves in a segment I like to call Ask a German, or in this situation, Ask Two. Today I'm speaking with Joe and Dominika of The Watch. Hello and welcome to Secret Place Berlin podcast. Hello. Hello. Uh, first of all, in your own words, what is The Watch? Okay, so we are Jürgen and Dominik Hurt from The Watch, members from The Watch. The Watch is a collective of artists, producers, writers, and so on who have been occupying the former watchtower on Schleswig's Bush in Berlin Treptow. Okay, and uh, how was the watch first discovered and established as an arts location? Okay, as an arts location, <laughs> it's maybe in the second step, but it was um, first squatted by a group of um, musicians, artists, um, around one person, Kalle Winkler, he was a singer songwriter. Mm-hmm. In 1990, uh, they entered the building, or there's different stories how it all happened, but basically they squatted the building and later got a contract from the uh, military personnel guarding the tower, uh, looking, uh, taking care of the tower mm-hmm. um, to own it, and they opened a museum of forbidden art. Okay, fantastic. And was it difficult to obtain the building, and who owns it now? Okay, so basically, after this group of artists has been squatting the building in the early 90s, mm-hmm. and then established the so-called Museum of Forbidden Art, it then became a Verein, so an organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the year 2004, the tower itself um, basically started to be taken care of by the Verein Flutkram, which is um, a studio house, which is just a couple of meters away from from the former tower. Um, it's been, basically, it belongs to the city and still belongs to the city, or to, like, the part of uh, Berlin Treptow. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kind of use of contract has been, I think, yeah, 2004 has been uh, agreed on that we, as members of Flutkamen as well, of the studio house, we basically uh, have the right to use it mm-hmm. uh, as a place for artistic production, for a place where artists actually can be in the building. 
Um, and since then, basically, we've been, we've been doing that. When I say we've, basically, it's a group of people who've been moving over the years as well. So the watch has been existing since 2015, um, but since, yeah, basically since the year um, 1991, there's been about four to five different groups of people, all different size of groups, taking care of, of the tower. Oh, fascinating. Okay, and how long have you, have you both been involved with the watch? Um, I've been involved since 2014, I think. Okay. As a, as a, what Dominique described, these uh, different groups, they are always coming sometimes to an ending point, giving it over to the next group. Mm. And I was in the group before. Okay. And stayed the last one. <laughs> and uh, for new collaborators and uh, so we came together with uh, Chris Skyly who was here in the group also until mm. now okay and wow yeah so it's always in a constant movement mm. and Dominique joined in 2017 2017 okay so then it'll be your turn next to hand it over to the next person. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> basically, it's, uh, it works collectively, and I think that's very important, actually, not just for us as a watch, but I think it's, it's something that is quite, that's been important for the tower itself. Mm-hmm. Every artist group all worked, actually, collectively, which I think is very interesting. And, of course, when you work in collective manners, there's always a moment where collaboration changes, shifts, and uh, priorities also kind of get different. So it's like constantly turning. And for us, it's been very important that we work under the name The Watch. We all have our individual practices as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so The Watch it becomes this kind of acronym under which we can work. And, uh, and it's important for us that it's actually working in that collective manner. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's what has been important throughout the years as well, if I think about it, reflect about it now. It's like this collective approach. And uh, yeah, who knows that's how it's going to continue collectively and so on. It's just always something to negotiate, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a cool democratic approach to doing things. <laughs> we're trying to be <laughs> yeah, as democratic as we could. <laughs> um, I understand the tower is a protected building, Degmal uh, Geschultz. I hope I said that right. Um, since when did it obtain that status? Do you know? Uh, since 92. Um, okay. Basically, this uh, moment when this group squatted the tower was uh, the action which preserved the tower. Mm-hmm. Because in the years after that, in the first years after the fall of the wall, most of these towers, there were 280 towers around Berlin, mm-hmm. they all got destroyed, like uh, also most parts of the wall. Mm-hmm. And just because somebody was in this tower, they had this contract, they could keep it, so they prevented, uh, or they, they verhindern. Yeah, they prevented. Yeah, they they prevented uh, to try to. Um, <laughs> they prevented the destruction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Take so it the, down. the destruction didn't happen um, because they were here, mm-hmm. and um, so after this in '92, they brought it over this first moment when everything was destroyed, and after suddenly. Everybody realized that this was a value to have this uh, remaining mm-hmm. parts of the wall. Mm-hmm. So then in '92 already they got this Denkmal status, this pr- uh, protection area. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, in 2004, then it was uh, also 
by the Denkmalamt, they made a kind of uh, preservation and um, like carefully changing the colors, uh, trying to bring it a bit back to the original status. Mm, okay. Wow, it's very it's very interesting. I did a bit of research and I realized there was only three left. Mm. And then I saw downstairs on your wall of history that that's correct. <laughs> There's um, also a little sign downstairs. I don't know if you saw when you enter and then you have on the ground floor, you have the different cells. And then actually mm. right when you enter, you have a little sign, which is this typical monument sign, which is a um, blue triangle. Ah, okay. That's actually that tell us that it's actually we are in a monument, a like protected monument. Okay, that's the official symbol. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. there's nothing outside, but that's actually the actual sign. It's kind of mm -hmm. weird, actually, that it's not outside. Yeah. I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think it would be, but inside, I guess, works too. <laughs> um, now, speaking about the watch, what kind of projects do you expose in and around the watchtower? And uh, how is it funded and sustained and looked after. Perhaps I even start again talking about the history because um, so throughout the different 30 years of activities in the tower it's been mostly I would say space for exhibiting works but where artists were actually having shows mm -hmm. um, that will of course very often dealt with the history of the tower and the history of the site. Mm -hmm. um, with the watch has been a big change in terms that it suddenly didn't become a place for exhibiting or it didn't, we didn't want actually the space to continue to be the space for exhibiting works, but rather we wanted it to be a space to research, uh, to spend time in the building rather than just coming in for a couple of hours, showing and then disappearing. Mm -hmm. um, so we work throughout a series of residencies. The building can only be used actually during the summer months from April until October. That's for practical reasons, actually, when it's possible to stay in. Otherwise, <laughs> it's too cold. There is no heating or anything. Mm -hmm. um, and we've been inviting different artists and artist groups to spend here between three to six weeks, depending on the thematic years that we are actually giving us. So, yes, the idea is really like that the artists come here, spend a couple of weeks and research, uh, spend time here. So it's not an outcome residency either. Mm -hmm. um, throughout the past couple of years, we've decided also to dedicate every second, like every two years under a thematic cycle. So now we are under the caretaking cycle that started this year. Uh, the past two previous year, we had um, a thematic cycle around the notion of transmission. Mm -hmm. um, and then actually for each of um, those cycles, we've tried to figure out a way of um, distribute what has been done, like all the thoughts and research that's been made. Um, and so, for instance, for the transmission cycle, where there, it was all about radio and broadcasting, or also about radio and broadcasting, so we actually had a live radio program transmitting from, from the tower. Now, for the caretaking, we'll see what will happen. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's really. Yeah, research-based, residency-based, um, and now exhibition-based. So we worked with this uh, independent radio, Kashmir Radio, which is uh, in Lichtenberg. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, basically, when we started thinking about transmission, we were thinking about the object, the object, the tower being actually an object that could utter, could speak. And mm -hmm. like the question of what would actually the object say, uh, what would happen if the tower would receive a voice, and then it kind of, um, the artist, there were a lot of artists actually the past two years working here on that theme. Um, 
looked at lots of different things between frequency voices, uh, different other towers that existed, and the first analogy for the for the for this radio idea was the use of former military buildings mm. uh, that were like British actually from the British armies that were used as uh, pirate radios. Mm. Uh, so then this led us to actually thinking it would be nice instead of having you know an exhibition or a publication to actually clearly have something connected to this idea of transmission. Thus, working with Kashmir Radio, so we, um, it was, I mean, the live aspect was we couldn't have the studio here because there is no internet. Um, <laughs> when we started, the, I made some attempts to actually build some radio, but it wouldn't work enough to actually have some proper, um, you know, transmission of, of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was transmitted from Lichtenberg, and we could actually receive it. Uh, at the slot that it was actually being transmitted live. We could receive that here with uh, Yo's radio transmitter mm. and we had it uh, connected to a mixer uh, oh, and wow. an amplifier <laughs> and like massive boxes coming out of the <laughs> windows and uh, people would be outside and we listened for that for about two hours. It was, a, it was basically a collage of about 12 to 14 different audio contributions from the artists who were oh. here. <clears throat> That that sounds amazing. <laughs> like an old school way of, of doing this, uh, <laughs> transmitting and sending signals. Maybe one thing with this um, with a thematic um, focus. Mm-hmm. This has shifted a lot over the these um, thirty years. Now we have thirty years of artistic use of that tower, and in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, the focus was very much on the tower itself, on the tower as a military apparatus, uh, on border, on GDR, and this has stayed. This is uh, uh, nearly impossible to forget this when you work in this tower, mm-hmm. but yeah. more and more we have been in- interested in um, inviting artists to work in here in also on other topics, on, on, like using it as a space for thoughts to of like to use uh, this specific location mm-hmm. with all its history to also examine other fields of knowledge of interest. Yeah, yeah. Like transmission, like caretaking. Wow, so it it kind of moves its way outside of the scope of the tower and also explores other genres and areas. Yeah. Yeah, maybe also the tower becomes becomes a, uh, like a beacon its own individuality beyond being a military place. Mm-hmm. It can also tell other stories. Yeah, yeah, like giving it a new life. Yeah, oh, very, oh, yeah. very interesting. Um, <clears throat> how often do you open to the public each year? So this has changed as well. Um, this has changed <clears throat> a bit as well over the years. So as I mentioned, since uh, we've been working mostly through residencies, um, the idea is that the artists actually do not have an exhibition at the end of their residencies, uh, but rather we have like an informal gathering in which people have to RSVP. I mean, basically the, the tower has a maximum capacity of 12 people outside of the COVID. Uh, time so in normal time I would say or pre-COVID we could only have 12 people here because of safety uh, and fire reasons so mm-hmm. this already kind of make uh, the notion of public and visibility slightly different than other places um, in over the years it's been actually a caretaker 
Vili has been taking care of the tower in ways that he would be opening the tower every Saturday and Sunday mm-hmm. uh, to the audience or to passerby, to people who would just be here hanging out in the parks or people who would be interested in. Um, mm-hmm. So that was like one form of very clear voluntary caretaking works that happened throughout the years. Um, unfortunately, Vili cannot do it anymore. So we've just actually started reorganizing a pool of volunteers mm-hmm. who can actually take care of, uh, yeah, we can, can take, take care of doing those opening <laughs> hours. So now since this summer, we've started being open again every Saturday between two and six, every second Saturday of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, this, uh, this September, we had a special uh, exhibition and opening of the archives. Mm-hmm. of those past 30 years of artistic creation of the tower um, so that was also kind of an extra event um, and yeah that's pretty much it so every second Saturday of the month from 2 to 6 between April and October <laughs> okay fabulous um, and how can someone get in touch with the watch say to volunteer or to exhibit um, how do you usually find uh people to become a part is it do you have a website you want to plug or social media yeah we have an open call uh, mm-hmm. which is also published on our website which is the watch minus berlin dot org dot org okay okay fantastic instagram I never remember <laughs> the address of instagram yeah, residency. I think it's at the watch <laughs> I think if you look for the watch, you should, should find us on Instagram. The best is really for the website, the watch minus berlin.org, or by email residency.wartum at uh, gmx.de. Okay, wonderful. And one more question um, how, What are the future plans for the watch, or how you see it? Well, we just opened, or we just started actually archiving or starting an archive of what happened here over the past 30 years, and uh, this is something that will definitely continue um, in in a bit more intense way, or trying to find people to look at specific aspects of the archive, Mm -hmm. uh, organizing it, still gathering material from it, making sure that some people who are interested in the archive could actually also come here to study it. So this is one aspect that really came now throughout this 30 years anniversary, I would say. Mm -hmm. Of course, we are in the middle right now of the caretaking cycle, so we will be having an open call um, coming out, I think, early January or the middle of January for the next residency in the summer 2021. Mm -hmm. And then towards the end... Uh, of the summer 21 or beginning of the autumn, we we will most probably have some type of uh, clothing cycle event or format, which is still something we haven't actually thought through yet, uh, and that will we will be started thinking about that throughout the summer, <laughs> the winter months when the clothes of watch is not used. Okay, mm. okay, wonderful. All right, that uh, wraps up my questions. Um, thank uh, you very much. One, one oh yeah, one more thing. Just, uh, sure. This thought. I think also what always has been important and is also important for us is to mm-hmm. continue that somebody is using the space because it's a, it's a quite unique place which has uh, survived just because of self-organized artistic projects mm-hmm. and um, 
So it's important that it goes on in some ways, and that there's these artists working here, and maybe after us will be the next group. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Okay, wonderful. So just to, to keep it going and keep the nice vibe inside. <laughs> All right, thank you very much for um, allowing me into your space. Uh, and uh, yeah, I uh, very much appreciate it. And this is Yo and Dominique from The Watch. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Thank I hope you enjoyed my story, history, and interview with Dominica and Yo of former GDR Tower turned art space, The Watch. Thank you for stepping back in time with me. For more information about Secret Place Berlin and to join the Secret Place Berlin community, please go to my website, www.laceyberry.com slash secretplaceberlin, or follow us on Instagram at secretplaceberlin, where I release a custom illustration made by me in relation to the secret place we shared on this program. Secret Place Berlin also has a Patreon where you can support us. Though we love creating each episode and sharing our favorite places and secrets about Berlin, Secret Place Berlin does need your support to keep adventuring onward. Our Patreon monthly subscriptions start at just one euro, where I will happily send you a Secret Place Berlin sticker in gratitude. You can set your support amount higher and receive limited edition postcards, artworks, and tours for you and a friend. For more information, check the link in the show notes. And big thank you to our already current Patreon subscribers. Music for this episode is made by Rosano Schnell. You can find a link to more of his wonderful music and links to our show's resources in the show notes. In the meantime, thank you for listening and have a discreetly secret evening. Goodbye and now fit is in. <laughs>